Welcome to the podcast ministry of Pilgrim Baptist Church. Wherever you're listening from, welcome. We pray that the truth from the Word of God speaks to your heart during today's message. The Bible says, My little children, of whom I travail in birth again until Christ be formed in you. That's a bit of an odd verse. Read it again. Of whom I travail in birth again. Wait a minute. I thought you guys are already born again. Until Christ be formed in you. He longs for them to be delivered from the bondage of legalistic Judaism. And he longs for them to be delivered from idols and from false teachers. And it's giving them labor pains. <laughs> it's wearing them out. Uh, let's get... Uh, Let's go over to Ephesians chapter number two, if you would. Ephesians chapter number two. Uh, look at verse number five. Even when we were dead in sins, hath quickened us together with Christ. By grace, you are saved. And hath raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ. So, so far we saw with Christ in Christ that in the ages to come, he might show the exceeding riches of his grace and his kindness toward us through Christ Jesus. So we have with Christ, we're in Christ, it's through Christ. And look at verse number eight, for by grace are you saved through faith and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God with Christ in Christ, through Christ of God. Verse nine, not of works, lest any man should boast when you were born again when I was born again there was no works involved if there were if there were you would not have been born again there's no boasting involved not a one of us came to the Lord and started bragging well Lord I'm not as bad as if we did then we didn't get saved we come to God on God's terms he will save us by his grace through our faith in the objective merit of Jesus Christ. He's the object of our faith. It's a free gift of God. So why is Paul saying of whom I travail in birth again? We could call this message the third birth. <laughs> we could call it that. But. And, and no disrespect to ladies, because the pain that you go through in childbirth is so overbearing that, I mean, a man just can't understand. Yet God is trying to paint a picture here that this pain, it pains him. Let's go over to John chapter 5, see if we can glean some truth from John as we try to understand this passage a little bit better. John chapter 5, the Bible says in verse number 41, I, this is Jesus Christ speaking, receive not honor from men. So why does it bother you when you try to knock on somebody's door and they give you the cold shoulder? Why does it bother you that when your co-worker at lunchtime, you try to talk to him about Jesus, he gets up and moves to another seat and gets away from you and that bothers you? Why do you need honor from men? Why is it when we talk to people about Jesus, we need a result 
to soothe our sal to salve our conscience? Why can't the result just be, well, God was glorified? <laughs> Wouldn't that be good? We don't need honor from men. Jesus received not honor from men, but I know you. You have not the love of God in you. I am come in my father's name and you receive me not. If another shall come in his own name, him you will receive. How can you believe which receive honor of another and seek not the honor that cometh from God only? If nothing else, if I go out, nothing else in this world, I just want people to say at that place around these four walls, Jesus Christ got the honor. If nothing else, the, 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 the charge that this town would have on our little local assembly of believers would be they wanted to honor the Lord. It's cold to stand out on a street corner on a Friday afternoon. But people need to know about Jesus. It's cold to walk around a neighborhood in, in the winter, but people need to hear about Jesus. We seek honor and we seek comfort. And in the midst of doing that, we glorify in our own comfort. God misses out on the glory and the honor that he should receive. Jesus warns us in John 5 about honoring men. Because love of men is a hindrance. We looked at Ephesians chapter 2 and everybody's fine with no boasting and no works in salvation, right? We all get that. But how come we're not okay with it? And how come I'm not okay with it when it comes to Galatians 4, when it talks about Christ being formed in you and Christ being formed in me? Psalm 115, 1 says, not unto us, O Lord, not unto us, but unto thy name give glory for thy mercy and for thy truth's sake. It's not for your sake. It's not for my sake. Psalm 115 says it's for his mercy and for his truth's sake. And in Galatians 4.19, you see my little children of whom I travail in birth again until Christ be formed in you. Let me just say this. All cults, all false teachers, they will never preach against the pride it would be in you or I. They don't do that. Cults and false teachers use human pride as fuel to gain converts and gain control. Because they know inside of every one of us, there's pride. What Paul is ultimately dealing with is a pride issue among the Galatians because we all get saved the same way. Ephesians 2, no works, no boasting, by God's grace, through faith in what Jesus Christ did for us. 
Well, what Paul's dealing with is these Judaizers are saying, hey, we got the law, man. We got the law. We can do these things and appear better. And it's just wearing them out. It's giving them labor pains. The law allows you and I to be spiritually better than someone else. And we can enjoy pride. We can justify spiritual pride if we can make it acceptable and find some verses to justify it. And God doesn't want us doing that. Now, we talked earlier. I used Brother Wesley as an example. If he's the only fella in here that's got hair down to his backside, I can give him a law and a rule that says, if you want a fellowship with us, you better or else. And a couple of the men of the church can kind of sneak away when he's downstairs and kind of pull him aside and say, look, brother, that old raggedy hair, I don't know what you're thinking. But if you want to be with us. Now, how many of you are smelling that pride just about as thick as a fog? We are trying to impose a law or a rule and that motive is pride. Should we want to be Christ formed in us? Yes. You've known me for any length of time. I got a doctrine on everything. I mean, it's just, are you for anything, brother? No, I'm against everything. But look, I'm not saying don't be against stuff. What I'm saying is it's real, real easy to find some Bible verses to go along with we think what we think we want others to look like. I'm telling you, I want the Holy Spirit of God to work in our life. And that's how Christ will be formed in you. The other thing Paul recognizes, and I'd like us to look at this morning, is that people are competitive. And we can easily make Christianity about being more religious than somebody else. Now, if you know anything about our, our local church, we have a very big emphasis, a strong emphasis on public evangelism. We'll pass out gospel tracts. We'll try to leave a little gospel card um, after we eat at a restaurant, along with a tip, by the way. We hold scripture signs that say you must be born again. If, the, if it's appropriate, we'll preach open air, the gospel of Jesus Christ. Most Sunday afternoons at 145, we'll go and we'll knock on people's door and we'll say, hey, we're Christians in the area. We're not Mormons or Jehovah's Witnesses. You have a few seconds to talk about Jesus Christ and what he did for you. If I'm not careful, and if you're not careful, we can easily make this about who's the super spiritual Christian that's doing all the door knocking. And that thing would just get out of control where the next thing you know, we're so right that we're so prideful. I'm not saying don't evangelize. I'm saying evangelize, but it would be wrong for me to expect Brother Kelly in his 70s, Sister Caroline in her 70s, to be running around town trying to tell people about Jesus. I'll tell you, they can pray. I'll tell you, they've been out there. 
the Caroline Times took her chair. She said, I'm sitting out there and I'm, and I'm holding a sign for Jesus. Well, praise God. Why? The Holy Spirit's working in people's hearts. We need to be careful about this competitive measure of trying to make it about who does the most religious stuff. It's a hard issue. Paul's dealing with this. Which is why Paul can get away in verse 1 of chapter 3 and he calls them fools. Now, you, you young kids, don't use Galatians chapter 3, verse number 1, as your life verse to call your brother and sister names, by the way. Okay? Just because Paul did it, he did it different context. Okay? Kids, you can say amen. Amen. <laughs> okay. Um, he, sa he says, when you read this, Galatians chapter 4, let's try to get back on track. He says, my little children, of whom I trail and birth again, until Christ be formed in you. And then he says, I desire to be present with you now to change my voice, for I stand in doubt of you. If you just took those two verses... Does anybody else get the sense that we might be, Paul sounds like an egomaniac? We just read these two verses. I mean, he calls them a name in, in chapter three. He calls them fools. Oh, you foolish Galatians. And then look over in chapter number four. Let's go to uh, verse number 12. Watch what he says in verse 12. Brethren, I beseech you, be as I am. <laughs> Wait a minute, Paul. In chapter number three, you're calling me a fool. And now in chapter number four, you're bragging and saying, hey, be as I am. What's wrong with you, man? Some type of ego guy. But go back to Galatians chapter two. Let's see if we can wrap this thought up. Watch what he says in Galatians chapter two. Very familiar passage of scripture. Verse 20. I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Here's how Paul is saying under the Holy Spirit's inspiration. Here's how you can be as I am. I am crucified, he says, with Christ. You want to be like Paul? Be with Christ. He says, I live, yet not I, but Christ. We can read the eyes, but we got to read the Christ for the context. I live how? By my own merits, by my own strength, by my own just fill in the blanks? No, by the faith of the Son of God. And then he wraps it up in verse 21. He says, I do not frustrate the grace of God. For if righteousness came by the law, then Christ is dead in vain. And people want to say, look at me. Look at my good works. Look at all the things I do. No. Christ. But Christ with Christ. And I'm telling you, if Christians would just get a hold of the fact that Christ indwells in you, we can do something powerful for God. We can do something eternally for God. We can have an effect on a community like nothing else has been done. We have the power of Christ if we just lay aside our own power 
and lay aside our own pride and lay aside our own just fill in the blank with whatever you're dealing with because I'm thinking what I'm dealing with right now. It helps me to know that I don't have to live by my own faith. You know, I've been asking you all to pray. I mean, we're hurt. I'll just be honest. This coronavirus is about crush what we do for, for business. It has. And look, I need to trust God. I do. And there's something you're going through where you just need to trust God and tap into the faith of Jesus Christ. Verse number 19 in Galatians 4 says, My little children of whom I travail in birth again till I formed in you. We talked about the only guy in the Bible that's suffering labor pains. That's Paul. And it's from children who've already been born again. They're serving idols, labor pains. Go back into bondage, legalistic Judaizers, labor pains. Paul says, I got a better idea. I'll go through all of that. And I want you to note one word, until. Not if, until Christ be formed in you. The goal of the pain, you ever hear the saying, no pain, no gain? The goal of the pain is that Christ would be formed in you. What if I said, or what if Paul said, if? But he didn't until he's sticking with it. He's not quitting. He's not giving up. I'm going to stick with you until Christ be formed in you. Please stick with me. Pray for me. Help me until Christ be formed in me. I'm no spiritual giant. You're no spiritual giant. I don't have all the answers to life. You don't have all the answers to life. I don't I can't answer every single Bible question that somebody gives me. I can't. Neither can you. Being a being a Baptist, being a Bible believer, being all the adjectives you want to throw in front of that, it doesn't mean that all your conclusions are right 100% of the time. Why don't we just stay with each other until Christ be formed in you? Question always comes up. People ask this, lost people ask this, or carnal Christians ask this. Well, what does that have to do with salvation? Isn't the most important thing that matters is if you're saved? Yes, it is. It is. That's one of the reasons why our message is to the world, of, to the lost and dying world and to our community in Cookville. Our message isn't quit drinking, although we preach against drinking. Our message isn't Quit doing drugs, although we want and we preach against drugs. Our message isn't throw out all that junk music, although we want you to listen to good spiritual music. Our message is Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. The Bible says for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. The Bible says for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Jesus saves. Won't you trust him? That's our message. Jesus Christ saves that sinner. The Holy Spirit indwells in their heart. Now they will start growing in the Lord. Paul is not okay with the idea of, well, isn't salvation the most important thing? 
Well, it was, but now we want you to grow. We want you to learn. We want you to actually be a better Christian. What parent signs their kid up for BB lessons and just can't, they just can't wait for them to hit all the BBs off the target. No, they want them to actually get better and hit the target. You don't teach your kids spelling so they can spell all the words wrong. You want them to actually get good and put the I before the E except after C and all the rest of it. Right? It's the idea is to get better. And that's what Paul is trying to get these Galatians to see. These questions are usually asked when Christians or people hear something they don't agree with or they don't know enough to agree or disagree with. Or they're asked to give something up. Message is preached. The Bible is proclaimed and somebody hears something and it's actually the conviction of the Holy Spirit. They don't want that. Or they're asked to step out of their comfort zone. And that makes life tough for all of us. But Paul says to Christians, they're saved and they're not, they're saved and they're born again. He says, look, I am not satisfied with you just being born again. I want you to grow. And he longed so much that they would mature in the Lord. Parents, I hope you're listening to me. I'm a parent. And I want my children to mature. Now, you can't hold them by two legs over the balcony and say, you mature or else. <laughs> you can't. The Bible gives us some things we can do. And we do that. Until Christ be formed and you stick with it. Try it another way. Take a break. Come back to it again. Let somebody, let, let mom get a break so dad can step in. Let dad get a break so mom can step in. Don't we do these things? We try to, we all do. We all do. We want and desire them so much to mature. And I'm telling you, Paul's going through this with these Galatian believers. He is so longing that they would mature and that they would grow up. Now, as parents, we don't want our kids to grow up too fast, but we don't want them to be immature babies their whole life either. <laughs> I'm telling you, Paul's longing for this for these believers. All right, as we. We're going to have to split this into two messages, but here we go. We'll, we'll start winding down. Galatians chapter 4, the 20th verse, it says, I desire to be present with you now and to change my voice, for I stand in doubt of you. Now, I often think about this. If I was Paul, and I want you to think about this. If you were Paul, or if you were under sitting under Paul's teaching, would this be you? Would this be me that Paul say, I'm standing in doubt of you. I've got to change my voice because of you. He wants to change his voice from doubt to relief and joy. He wants to change his voice from, I mean, I just don't know about you guys. Yeah, they finally got it. Yes. 
You finally spelled that word right. All right. He wants to change his voice. He doesn't want to keep it the same way. Kids are they're, they're practicing their BB gun lessons, and you know they got the kids lined up, and you know, and I'm watching through the binocular because I can't see five, uh, five meters or whatever the distance is. But, I mean, the kids can see it, but so I got the binoculars. And daughter's she's shooting, not on the target. Next shot, not on the target. Next shot, yeah, she got on the target. Woo! Why? I changed my voice from doubting to yeah, all right. If we were under Paul, would he be thinking what he's thinking about the Galatians, about us? Not so sure. He says, I stand in doubt of you. Now, how many of you, these inconsistencies bother you? We need to get on this hobby horse and off of it real quick. But how come certain groups can riot and loot and nothing happens and buildings get burned? And then when another. Does that bother you, that inconsistency? Yeah. Anybody remember four years ago when Trump got inaugurated? They're burning stuff. They're, they're, they're throwing MAGA hats in the flames. They're, they're, they're throwing rocks and bottles of police officers. They're yelling, Trump isn't my president. They're blocking traffic. Anybody remember that? <laughs> that, that seemed to be okay four years ago. And now we got 20,000 or however many troops because everybody's afraid of some right-wing conservative. It's inconsistent. It's inconsistent. The rules don't apply to both sides. And it's a problem. How come Trump, he's expected to be held captive for hours on questioning? And Biden can just say, oh, come on, man. And just leave. like, why isn't it? It's not the same. Now, as much as that stuff just wears people out. Paul. Is calling them out on their inconsistency. Galatians. I preach to you the grace of God. You got saved out of. And now you're in Christ. It's inconsistent, fellas. Why are you trying to go back? Isn't it easy for us to look at the world and say, well, it's inconsistent in politics. It's inconsistent here. It's in. But when the Bible asks us to look at our own heart of pride and our own heart. All of a sudden, we don't want the rule to apply. Paul's dealing with this, these Galatians. He's dealing with their immaturity and it saddens him. He's poured his life into them. Now they're all real, real excited about going to the false teacher. How can you be under Paul's teaching and not get the grace of God? <laughs> How does that happen? The Bible says in Proverbs 8, 13, the fear of the Lord is to hate evil. Pride and arrogance in the evil way and the forward mouth do I hate. The Bible says only by pride cometh contention. Pride goeth before destruction. A man's pride shall bring him low. Therefore, pride compasseth them about as a chain. It'll chain you down. That's what pride will do. You will not go anywhere because pride has you. And any doctrine that allows you to glory in you. It's the foundation of pride. Any gospel that says, well, it's half God and half me. Any gospel that says, well, it's a lot of God and a little bit of me. It's pride. It gives you a way to say, hey, there's something about me that would merit God's favor. It's wrong. It's not biblical. He says, I can change my voice about you. You can change your voice about me. 
Second Corinthians 4 says, always bearing about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus. This is 2 Corinthians. Watch what it says. Turn there if you would. This will be the last verse. And we'll close. It's 2 Corinthians chapter 4. And verse number 10. And we are going to wrap up with this verse. And we're going to close out by answering. How can Christ be formed in you, in me, in my children, in your children? 2 Corinthians chapter 4. Watch what it says. Verse 10. Always bearing about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus. Last part of that verse I want you to get a hold of. That the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our body. We preached on Romans 12, I think a week or so ago. It's reasonable. To present your body a holy living sacrifice acceptable to God. It is reasonable. For me to ask you of that if you're saved. For you to ask me of that if I'm saved. For us to ask our young people to present their body a living sacrifice holy and acceptable unto God. Which is our reasonable service. God is such a perfect gentleman. He never asks us to do anything that isn't reasonable. The life of Jesus might be manifest in our bodies. It manifest in yours. I pray. I want it to be more manifest in mine. How do we do it? I said one more verse. Just I told a little fib. Uh, I want to just do. Let's see. Okay. Okay. Look at Galatians four, verse six. Do you see it says, and because you are sons, God hath sent forth the spirit of his son into your hearts, crying, Abba, Father. Now look at verse number five of chapter three. It says, he therefore that ministereth to you the spirit and worketh miracles among you, doeth he by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith. Did God give you his spirit? Yes, he did. How does the spirit minister? It ain't by the works of the law. The, ample, the answer is simple. It's by faith. How can Christ be formed in us? Trust him. The old saying, let go and let God. Really, trust God. Christ is willing. Are you willing? You and I are amateurs. Let Christ have his way with your life. Lastly, I'll say this. You and I are not self-made. We're not. We are Christ made. To God be the glory. Thank you for listening to the podcast ministry of Pilgrim Baptist Church. We look forward to seeing you in the next episode. In the meantime, you can sign up for our email newsletter at www.pilgrimbaptist.church.